Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Eric Schweitzer. We recorded this over six feet apart with masks outside my home in Portland, Oregon. This episode is brought to you in part by Earful of Fiddle Music and Dance Camp, and they have a special message for you. Earful of Fiddle is offering their annual music and dance camp online, June 21st through the 26th, 2020. Now in its 12th year, this season, Earful of Fiddle provides virtual instruction in percussive dance, song, fiddle, guitar, banjo, cello, and online evening activities. Instructors include Alexi Chartron, Bruce Bowman, Sean Ellsworth Hoffman, Melisande Tremblay-Bourassa, Nick Garris, and me, Cameron DeWitt, on banjo. To register, visit earfuloffiddle.com. Stay safe and stay connected to your traditional arts community with Earful of Fiddle. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest. Here's my interview and jam with Eric Schweitzer. Enjoy.
think I might have missed a part at one time in there. <laughs> I think you one time you I think you made an on purpose decision one time to be like it's time to move on to the C part. Yeah, I was part and that's of that fine. part already, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh cons consider the the gravy sopped. <laughs> Soft soften up the gravy. <laughs> Eric Schweitzer, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Uh, happy to be here. Long time yeah. listener, first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's turning into a call-in show pretty soon here. Um, whenever um, lovely people aren't happen happening to come through town, so yeah. Uh, well, it's a bit of a serendipitous weekend, I suppose. Yes, indeed. Where where did you get that tune? I learned that from Paul Brown, uh, not in person, but off his. I think it's Red Dog. Yeah. The the album. Yeah. It's the first one on there, and it's a good one. Yeah. When when did you first hear that album? It must have been maybe six months ago. Uh, oh, great. Yeah, I picked it up at Banjo Camp because he was there instructing. So I learned a couple tunes from him in person and then bought a couple of his albums and oh, have right enjoyed on. them since. Right on. I had no idea that he was at Banjo Camp. You're referring to the the Northwest one. Uh, Yeah, American Banjo Camp, that one is called. Yeah. Um, he was... Doing fiddle stuff as well as banjo stuff. Oh, right on. I would I would love a chance to study with him someday. Yeah, he's a real nice guy. Yeah, he is. How long How long have you been playing this fiddle? This one in particular. Mm-hmm. Or like the Royal this. Um, this one I think I got it two or three years ago. Yeah. Did you grow up playing as well? I. Yes. So I started playing fiddle when I was, I think, four or five. I started taking lessons um, down where I grew up near Fresno, California, a town called Hanford. Took lessons from a woman named Stacy Snodgrass, who went on to, she's taught dozens and dozens of kids to play the fiddle hmm. in years since, and probably before me, but I didn't know any of them because I wasn't old. Yeah. Um, what, what style was she teaching? Uh, so she, it was part of the California State Old Time Fiddlers. Um, yeah, I've heard you've had a few of the people on recently, and like you're unfolding the mystery of the Old Time Fiddlers Associations. Versus, you know, like the 70s revival. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, it was kind of contest style, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, kind of sounded a little bit Texas-y. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I don't know that I was ever really, a, like, a good contest fiddler, because I stopped playing at that point, I think I was 9 or 10. Because, um, you know, when you're 9 or 10 and your parents make you play the fiddle, uh, it's not exactly the coolest thing in your mind. Sure. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. But then, yeah, I came back to it uh, about five years ago and have been having much more fun. Yeah. Although in hindsight, all the I used to go to all the campouts and fiddle contests and stuff. And it was a lot of fun in hindsight. I just didn't realize how much fun it was at the time. I've discovered that... I mean, it's different for every kid, but in general, I feel like kids have, they're, they're unreliable narrators for their <laughs> own experience. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and uh, basically anytime I ask my son or tell him to do anything, he doesn't want to do it because he's in the moment and he wants to do what he's currently doing, whatever that is. Um, and more often than not, the thing he's currently doing, when I asked him to start doing that, he said no. Because <laughs> he was doing something else. 
and I probably also told him to do that thing initially as well. So, you know, I think that carries on to adulthood with some people too. Yeah. <laughs> some people not necessarily named Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not people named Eric. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have some issues with that as well. I think that's maybe more of a human thing than a kid thing. Why did your parents make you learn to play fiddle specifically as opposed to violin, classical violin, Suzuki, something sure. like that? Um, I don't know how much it was my parents' idea or my grandparents' idea. So my grandmother and grandfather played. They were in the you know, the Old Time Fiddlers Association. Um, so they were into it, and I'm certain there was, that had a lot to do with why we started. Yeah. Maybe it was they suggested, hey, we can get them fiddle lessons, or maybe my parents said, hey, we want them to learn something. Who do we go to? Yeah. Um, but that was definitely a non-zero aspect of why I got into that, yeah. my grandparents. Um, they would play every Saturday night at a senior citizen village in Clovis, California. There was like a big um, just dance where they would play um, you know, old-time fiddle music. Uh, they wouldn't. It wasn't necessarily square dances. Um, they would do some like kind of figured dances or hmm. something where there was a specific dance to do to the specific song. So not everything had a collar. Yeah. In fact, I don't remember ever really seeing a collar. Interesting. Um, they would do one, I don't remember specifics, but where there would be a guy on the dance floor with a whistle and they'd all do something and then he'd blow a whistle and then they would change partners and then until he blew the whistle again. Like some kind of dog trainer? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. That's not demeaning to dog trainers or <laughs> no. or the dogs that are trained. It's a noble <laughs> pursuit, I guess. I just never heard of that before. Yeah, I've seen it Dare to be Square last year. Um, I think it was Larry Edelman had some videos of a dance like that, whereas um, it was just someone would blow a whistle and that was a signal for everybody to change partners. And huh. So it's a thing. I just don't know, don't know exactly what thing it is. Now, were your grandparents are were at the time were they also in the uh, state fiddlers association? Yeah. Yes, yeah, they and, were, and they were in that tradition. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had some sort of like organizer roles in that. I'm not exactly sure what, but they were pretty involved in it, not just as members, but as organizers or something. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone that I've met that's been a part of that has some sort of organizing, <laughs> some sort of role. It's like church. It's like every you know, it's like everyone is like a, oh yeah, I'm the I'm the leader of of this group, or I like manage the money, or I, etc. Sure, yeah. it's a decentralized management system or something. Yeah, but yeah, so my grandma played old time piano, um, and my grandpa played fiddle and uh, bass a lot of the time as well. Cool. So your grandma plays tunes. Yes. On the old time piano. Yeah, um, you know, picks out the melody with their right hand and then um, bass and rhythm with their left hand. Yeah, that's so cool. I I would really love to learn how to do that. I, whenever I'm around a piano, I try. Yeah. Which the word try is doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Sure. Um, but it yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Cause I like when an instrument can stand on its own and like you don't need a full band yeah. to you know create a whole lot of noise. And a piano is really good for that. Yeah. Did she, like, learn how to do that from someone? I don't really know. Because I don't, I don't personally know of a... 
I know that there are scattered melody fiddle tune players on the piano. Yeah. Like like Hobart Smith like does it, and then like I've heard some other recordings. But in general, there doesn't seem to be this sort of like passed on tradition. There's not like a slippery hill directory, <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, of like uh, old time piano music. Yeah, I think a lot of it's probably just kind of like what we do with banjo. Just listen to what the fiddler player fiddler is doing and yeah. just try to do that. Mm. Maybe leave out some things you don't find important. Add some things you think would be fun. Yeah. Well, I would love to meet her someday when it's safe for me yeah. to, and to ask her some questions. I've got a couple of tapes that. that she played on with uh, a fiddler. His name is Carl Parnell. He was Great. one of the really popular guys where I grew up. So, are uh, those like downloadable? Can people like download them anywhere, or are they literally just tapes? I have. I only have them on tapes. Um, I. I Maybe mean, you should it's, digitize it's them. A fairly trivial thing to get them onto. <laughs> Digital. Yeah, I don't know that I probably have. I could probably cobble together something with all my gear. And have you considered starting Grandma a Bandcamp page <laughs> <laughs> or CD Baby? <laughs> uh, I haven't, but you know they probably would at least get a handful of sales. Yeah. Maybe talk to FRC. I mean, I'm kind of like serious. Like, like I, it's a thing. You know, people yeah. playing piano. And stuff. I think it it would be worth uh, recording a bunch of it just because it's so uncommon anymore. Yeah. I'll take any opportunity to play with a piano player because it's so much fun. Yeah. Well, okay, so did she play violin as well? No. No violin. Um, and, and Grandpa? He played fiddle and yeah. bass. Yeah. Did you hear them? Did they play around the house or just Oh, yeah. The, like... um, it was, like, they were very much, you know, in the jam scene. Like, I was, when I was a kid, I was going to, of course, all the campouts with them and... They would have jams at their house or at other people's houses. I would go with them. It was, yeah, it was, it was a very common occurrence. To They played for fun. Um, they would travel the country a lot and with, you know, with a camper trailer and yeah. just sit out on folding chairs in front of their trailer every evening mm. and play tunes wherever they were. Wait, now, how did she play piano? Guitar. She also she, played guitar. Okay, okay. You may have said that <laughs> but earlier. But she did have, she does have um, some digital pianos that she will bring yeah. places sometimes if they need a piano that is portable. Cool. Well, what should we play next? Um, how about Fisher's Hornpipe? Yes. Conveniently in the same tuning. It's almost as if we planned it that way. <laughs> cool. It's great. easier for you to hear me than it is for me to hear you, so you'll yeah. have to tell if that's a tune. Okay, great. Thank you. 
Forgot about the tag. <laughs> I, I did up until about two notes before I was gonna do the tag. <sighs> Good old Fishers. Yeah, that one, I think it used to be really popular and then it got not popular, so now I can play it again. That'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I think that happened with, uh, like the first or second tune I learned was, uh, really the first tune I learned was Over the Waterfall. Oh yeah. And when I started playing it around, people were like reacting to it in a like, oh, that's like a tune that I'm not supposed to like, but I actually don't think I've heard it in a while. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, those are good ones. A lot of my earlier ones were, you know, too popular, so they don't get played. <laughs> so now I can bring them back because it's like enough time has passed that, yeah, we're playing these again. So I guess I want to ask you, how did you... How did you get reintroduced to old-time music So, uh, five I, years ago? Yeah, I played music pretty much my whole life. Yeah. I just kind of switched around. I started playing guitar uh, when I was like, 11 or 12. And then I was playing like, you know, blues and rock and um, standard rock and roll kind of stuff, electric guitar. Um, and then like kind of just through just consuming all sorts of music and then getting tired of it and then moving on to something else. Like I went through a Hawaiian music phase, so like I learned to play a little bit of like lap steel Hawaiian wow, stuff. Cool. Like I'm not, I wouldn't play it for anybody because yeah. like <laughs> I didn't do that much of it, but it was, you know, brief interest. And then I got into, so there's this guitar player named Danny Gatton. He, has, he had this band, like he was, went as Danny Gatton, uh, you know, as like the guitar player. But he had this kind of collaboration band called the Redneck Jazz Explosion. Okay. And so he was, he started his life as a, or career as a banjo player. So he did what was called like hybrid picking on the guitar where you'd pick and then you'd use the rest of your fingers. Yeah. So he would do a lot of like banjo rolls and a lot of really fast Interesting. Um, guitar work. And I tried to learn some of that stuff. Um, I was marginally successful with some of it, but because of him, I started looking into like, oh, well, what is, what's, what's banjo? What's going on with banjo? Because I knew he was a banjo player. And then I found, um, uh, well, that's actually not how it happened at all. Lies. Now that I think about it. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I got a Doc Watson album. Yeah. I, okay, so it's sort of a convergent thing. So I got okay. a Doc yeah. Watson album, and uh, it was just like a, it's called Memories. It's like a two album set. Um, and I heard him doing Clawhammer banjo on it. Mm -hmm. So from the Danny Gatton stuff, I knew I was interested in banjo. And then I heard Doc Watson doing Clawhammer stuff. I was like, oh, I think this is what I want to try doing now. So at that point in time, I was living in Redding, California. Mm -hmm. And I looked up um, Old Time Fiddlers and I found a different chapter of the old time fillers association yeah and um started playing with them a little bit here's a question sure. i've heard in washington and oregon's fiddlers associations it's it's sort of like a non it's like a no banjo space were you like i don't think it's maybe incidentally in some places okay. i don't think there's rules against it so um, were you were you welcomed it with yeah. playing that instrument yeah. there yeah um in fact, I think the first thing I went to, they had like, it was like a banjo night kind of thing. It was at, um, you know, a retirement home. 
and they spent like the first hour or so like just learning a tune and then after that um you know every, all the some of the the people that lived there would come in and listen to us just play stuff yeah you know, kind of as a performance um so yeah it very much was a banjo welcome place cool and then i only lived in that area for a, about eight or nine months or so before i moved up to where i currently live near olympia um and then turns out there was a bluegrass festival in Shelton, which is the town I live in. Um, and I didn't know there was a difference between bluegrass and old time. I thought, oh, bluegrass, that's what I play. Yeah. So like I went there <laughs> and I was like, man, they know some of the tunes I know, but they're doing their jams all wrong. <laughs> um, and then, so I played with bluegrass people not realizing that there was something I, yeah. that I didn't even know about. And I mean, I, I, I enjoy playing bluegrass. I play in a bluegrass band now. So like, it was just something I wasn't aware of that there was a difference. So now I play both. Yeah, great. <laughs> glad, I'm glad you figured it out. <laughs> you found your way here. <laughs> Very good. Well, um, I think you were gonna get into a different key. Yes. Do, should uh, we go to G? Yeah, I believe that's nice. It's close enough, yeah. Cool. So, so what's this next tune? Uh, it's called Cincinnati. Cincinnati, from? Uh, I learned it from a Greg Canote album. It's uh, Dogs in the Dishes. Is, is the name this of the album. a Canoe Brothers tune? Or one that they collected? That's a good question. I need to check the liner notes. I'm yeah. not sure. Right in Greg it, and Jerry. <laughs> it might be. I don't think it's one of their tunes because I've. Or it might be. I don't know. Yeah. They have such a. They have such a particular taste in tunes in my like limited experience mm -hmm. playing with them and listening to them that it is a little bit hard to for me to tell when a tune is their original and when it's one that they collected because it sounds like something they would write. Well, and they're also, they're very stylistically their own. Like yeah. they might collect a tune that sounded completely different to begin with. And if they're playing it, it sounds like, yeah. They just sounds like a Canoe Brothers tune. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, ready when you are. All right.
what a cool B part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> have you ever played the tune um, Bound to Have a Little Fun? I don't believe I've played it, but I'm sure I've heard it. It has a, it has kind of a similar, oh, we're going to just borrow this part from the A part and tack it on <laughs> to the end of the B part in a way that's going to frustrate everyone <laughs> who's trying to play along. Yeah, that, that tune is a good, uh, yeah. it's not quite a jam buster, but it's a good jam joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it absolutely has a punchline to it. I love that. Very cool. Well, um, we have a couple A tunes. Let me let me get up into A now. Yeah. I will get to... Oh wait, no, not for the first one. I won't. Maybe that one A standard. I've made it. I made it to A. I'm here. Yeah. What, what do you want to play next? Uh, is this a tune called Maple Sugar? All right. Um, this is one of the earliest tunes I learned. Um, so when we did fiddle lessons, both me and my brother did fiddle lessons, and there were like a couple tunes that after we sort of stopped playing that inevitably family would always ask, oh, will you play your fiddle for us? Yeah. So this is one of the ones that was like, yep, we're playing Maple Sugar. Great. Um, <laughs> and it's, the way I play it has of course evolved over the years because I don't play the same way I did when I was 10. Right. Or maybe I do. <laughs> did you learn it from the Don Messer recording that you sent me? No, I found that as a, like an afterthought. I randomly got into Don Messer a few years ago, and oh, he, and learned oh he does maple sugar. Um, but no, I learned this originally from our first, my first fiddle teacher, that Stacy Snodgrass. Hmm. Um, it was a popular one that um, that other fiddle, Carl Parnell, that was down there that my grandma recorded those tapes with. He played it a lot, um, so it's a Canadian tune. They I would assume it. by the title, <laughs> unless it's a Vermont tune. <laughs> yeah, so it's a Canadian tune. They played it kind of like in a Texas sort of style. Huh. Um, and now I've sort of modified it to where it's, I guess, a little bit more Southern. I'm no scholar on like what regional fiddle tunes sound like, but it's a little bit more uh, syncopated and like less straight. Yeah. I so noticed when we were warming up on this tune, when I played it, with the Don Messer recording, I was like, I feel like I'm just getting in the way. When I played it with you, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm playing with an old time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's gone through a bit of a, a journey to get to where it is now. Good. But. Just like the maple sh sugar and syrup that we enjoy every day. <laughs> that I enjoy every day. I don't know about y'all. <laughs>
a delightful tune. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, a lot of Canadians know that one and are familiar with it, but nobody knows it down here. Hmm. So whenever I get the chance to play with Canadians, which is um, happily often, uh, I always like to play that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you're bringing out the guitar because you have a bluegrass band. I don't know that I would say I have a bluegrass band. Oh. I'm in a bluegrass band. <laughs> Who and I'm has sort of, it? <laughs> um, I'm sort of the newcomer to it. So it's, the band is the Oli Mountain Boys. They're out of Olympia. They've been playing uh, for, I think, like 10 years. And I recently joined them maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, so You're had by a yeah, bluegrass band. Yeah, I'm had band. by a bluegrass band. <laughs> great, great. And uh, do you exclusively play guitar in the band? Yes. Yeah. Um, there have been a couple like weird gigs where we've had to cobble together kind of various people from the Olympia bluegrass scene. Um, and I've convinced them to let me do a couple of fiddle tunes. Great. But as the Oli Mountain Boys, I am exclusively on guitar. We have a fiddle player that uh, is really good. So um, I'll let him do that. Great. <laughs> I also don't play bluegrass fiddle. So. Yeah. Well, um, how long have you been playing like flat pick bluegrass guitar then um probably you did a very cursory overview of like yeah so i started like bluegrass guitar right about the same time i moved up here and started going to the bluegrass jams gotcha um so at the same time i, I was sort of doing i was learning claw hammer banjo still but going to bluegrass jams yeah so i kind of learned bluegrass claw hammer like i would take breaks and stuff awesome um and i thought that's just what you did yeah. So, um, I have, no one told you otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, nice of them. <laughs> once I learned about it, there they commented about, oh, you should meet up with the old time fillers. That was sort of what triggered, like, oh wait, there's something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I mean, they're all. You're like, I'm adopted. <laughs> yeah, they're all good groups of, groups of friends that I would play with, and like, I I truly like playing the music. It's just I did clawhammer bluegrass. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Uh, but flat picking yeah, for now. Uh, so at about the same time, I started picking up bluegrass guitar. Um, so about four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, Did your experience like playing electric guitar I'd, help at all? In yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I took private guitar lessons. Um, that sounds a little bit snobby. I took guitar lessons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took guitar lessons for a few years and that's where I learned a lot about music theory yeah and it was a lot of playing scales yeah which is you know it's good for bluegrass because it's more of a technical music than yeah totally is. um I mean it's, it's still a lot of I'd still do all my stuff by ear but right. yeah. there's more notes that I can play right and you have to actually know how to play in different keys if you're going to play individual <laughs> yeah the the melodies yeah and yeah, yeah. um so yeah, about this, about four or five years. Yeah. But I, I mean, when I first started learning to play guitar, I was doing like old time backup with yeah. my grandparents still down in California. Right on. So I, I yeah, it's a, a fraught relationship with various kinds of musics and various instruments over my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have commitment issues is what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> I found that that's like in general, like sort of like a West Coast thing. Uh, people around here i don't know if it's if it's like a cultural thing in general or if it's a i don't really see it as commitment issues personally but i 
appreciate <laughs> the rhetoric around it. Um, but uh, I, I, I often wonder if it's because the nature of the music getting here through so many different avenues, through this revival in the 70s, through the Old Time Fiddlers Association, I guess from Texas at some point, <laughs> you know, and then like, I guess down from Canada, you know, and then and then everyone who goes to fiddle tunes yeah. <laughs> getting like served on a platter the greatest you know like fiddle music from any any tradition and then they bring it home yeah i wonder if also because we don't have a long history sure. of being up here there's not like a historical culture that we have so we kind of have like this empty empty canvas of which to throw all kinds of stuff onto yeah yeah it's like a it's I feel like it's a mixture of an empty canvas and also this idea that we have, that we kept running away from a different culture <laughs> um, and sort of eschewing it and then whatever stuck, <laughs> stuck. Yeah. It's been interesting coming back here because um, I grew up here. Yeah. Not too far away. And, uh, uh, but I, I didn't learn this music here and it's, it's a really different atmosphere but i like it quite a bit so what are we going to play so we're going to play salt spring the john reichman tune lovely can't wait
What a great tune. Yeah. What so, a good brain so he has yeah. <laughs> that he came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Yeah, it's it's so simple but so complex and so nice. Just about the, the stickiest tune I've ever played. Like, I always am like, oh, yeah, it's ready to go. I don't play it that <laughs> often, but it's just... It's right there in my brain, drilled its own little little hole. <laughs> there is one that you can't play immediately before or after. It's a, tune, it's a bluegrass tune called Gold Rush, because it starts oh. the same. And it's sometimes very hard to forget what you were just playing. Speaking of which, here's that Gold Rush. <laughs> <laughs> so you have an album coming out yes, with the uh, Oli with Mountain, the Mountain Boys. Boys. You know, the nickname for Olympia goes by Oli. Yes. Um, so, yes, the Oli Mountain Boys. We have recorded the album. We are currently waiting for the mixes to be finished, and then we're going to send it out for mastering. And we intended on paying for the whole process with gigs. Yeah. But for some reason, all our gigs just disappeared lately. Oh, man, how did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. I guess people don't like bluegrass anymore. Um, uh. But, yeah, so um, so we did a pre-sale for our album uh, so that that can just basically fund to get it finished and mastered. Um, and it's not like a, a GoFundMe thing. I think it's GoFundMe where, like, if you don't reach your limit, yeah. um, it, it doesn't get funded or something. Basically, it's just um, it will get produced. If you pre-order it, you own the album. It just will take a while in the mail. Yeah. And but the yeah. more people that pre-order it, the yeah, more the sooner it gets released. little room you'll have to put the time into it to, like, master just how you want it. And yeah, we've talked about some, release some it fun sooner. things. Um, I don't. I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, but we talked about like printing out a vinyl one just for fun. Yeah. If we get, you know, if we get enough people that would be interested. Stretch goal. Um, yeah. So it'd be something that if enough people do like it, yeah. that would be something cool to hang on my wall. Great. Or put in your record shelf. <laughs> well, I, I will include a link so that people yeah, can go and pre-order and help. I'm not make even going to say what I think it is because I don't know the website. <laughs> uh, I, but we're on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. Okay. No, I think we're just on Facebook. There are other things on Instagram. Um, yeah, just Facebook. Yeah. I believe. I, I will explain it all in the outro, <laughs> link it all. While you're listening to this, just like tap and swipe around until you've pre-ordered yourself an <laughs> Oli Mountain Boys album. Yeah. yeah. But and are there other Oli Mountain Boys albums since they've been are. playing for I 10 years? There's, there's two live ones and I think three other studio ones. And this is the first Eric Schweitzer yes. appearance? Wonderful. Yeah. My my debut. Yeah. So you can check out, I guess, the the rest of their stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's it's a lot of fun. Good Great. music. I'm so glad that you were coming through town. Yeah, I saw your your cry for help, and I was like, I can help. Yes, <laughs> I need all the volunteers that I that I can to keep the show going. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how I do it in the future. But for now, it's nice to have an in person jam yeah <laughs> at my house <laughs> yeah i think we're all craving that a little bit very much so yeah well uh what do you want to play for this last tune how about cherokee shuffle great here's my sort of crossover tune that's halfway between bluegrass and old time perfect thanks so much eric this is lovely yeah i've yeah. had a, a lot of fun today yeah, me too all right cherokee shuffle Too far.
Visit the Oli Mountain Boys website at olimountainboys.com. Oli is spelled O-L-Y. And pre-order their new album, Diamonds and Flowers. And like and follow their Facebook page so you can stay up to date with them. Thanks to Earful of Fiddle for sponsoring this episode. You can and should sign up for their online camp taking place June 21st through 26th at earfuloffiddle.com. You can support Get Up in the Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's Teespring store. Make sure to like and follow Get Up in the Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with everyone you know. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.